Welcome to TK's Playbook for Round 17, where I break down the winners, losers, and black bookers from each game. We're brought to you by Game Day Squad. Create, coach, and compete in fantasy footy. Be the coach and win. Download the app and win plenty of cash prizes on the weekly. We're also sponsored by James, Australia's first AI investing application for shares and EFTs. Learn more at ajamesapp.com. Now, round 17, not too bad. Scored a 908, so slight uptick in rank to 632. Up from 646, but plenty of room to move. Got plenty of cash in the bank there as well. I have 289k in the bank, so looking to make a couple of big trades this week. So I've got three trades left in the bank, so probably looking at Lemu Elu to IPAP at this stage, but have a few wing fullbacks on my radar for round 19 as well, and the likes of uh, Brimson, Ronaldo, Carraz on the radar. So with Cheese back on the radar next week, potentially... We could see Turpin maybe a sell after round 19. They have a buy there. Now, plenty of injuries from this round. Now, Jake Travoybich, news he's set to return earlier than expected. He's looking at returning next week, so it could be good news for New South Wales as well. Brother Tom, he's gone for the season. Confirmed Tom Peck. Latrell Mitchell, Jason Dimitrio saying he's back in round 21, so still a little while away. Now, Connolly Lemu-Elu, no official injury, but it was pretty noticeable that he was clutching his shoulder and then also had his knee tapped during their game. Aaron Penne, he left the field for the Storm with an ankle injury. Jason Tamiolello did not take the field today with a hamstring injury, probably looking at somewhere between one and three. I think is pretty low grade at this stage. Josh Hodgson, the Eels have confirmed that it was a neck injury. No severity yet. NRL physio saying probably specific time range on that one. Probably as high as three to four months with best case scenario six to eight weeks. Nat Butcher, he was a late scratching there for the Roosters today with an ankle injury, as was Statili Tupanua. Egan Butcher in the game had a HIA and Jake Turban had a rib issue. Now, player charges. Murata Niakore, he's looking at three to four matches for a careless high tackle. A few to be careful of now. Jack DeBellin, he had two incidents in this one, which attracted fines. However, they're both the third and subsequent Offense, which means that he can no longer be fined for these for a grade one or grade one careless high tackle or dangerous contact. So the next one offense will actually be a suspension. Also fines for Makasivo and Aaron Penne. But don't freak out too much. Round eighteen, Parramatta for buy. So I know a lot of people have up to kind of four eels. So I know that obviously Moses Penasini. Opgoods, pretty much everyone's got. A lot of people brought into hands this week as well as Madison. So can see a lot of ranks maybe getting, you know, people making up ranks in round 18. So don't freak out if you had a poor round because bounce back round could easily happen in round 18. So the first of the games on Friday night, we saw the Warriors absolutely smash the Dragons 48-18. Close to first half before the Warriors back end of the first half ran away with it. But the Dragons did well considering all the turmoil around Ben Hunt at the moment, but the Warriors, they're just clicking to gear, look like a top six team, and looks like their finals bound, so all you Waz fans, looks like you're booking your tickets for September, because you'll definitely be around, but Sean Johnson obviously was the main catalyst here, 71 fantasy points, another great game, was struggling early, it was only, only a few points after 20 minutes, but really worked his way into the game, no doubt all the tries there, with six goals, Try himself, two try assists, 360 kick metres in a first-class performance. Like, realistically, we talked about holding him all the way into that last buy. So, given his trajectory at the moment, he could easily be close to a, you know, a swap with the chin. Very So, it's a, it's a great one to have a look at there. But, realistically, you're only really just swapping out for a like-for-like. So, Cleary would be your, your best bet there. And then maybe Money Munster, he might actually make some money doing that. But Sean Johnson should definitely be part of your team moving forward. DWZ got another 92. Seems to be 
The main, the main beneficiary of Sean Johnson's good form, no doubt. He's got four tries in this one, some great put-downs. No need to go after him in fantasy sense, but it's one of those things that, yeah, maybe if you're playing draft and he's in the free agencies, definitely get him, especially with the run home for the Warriors. Now, Adam Fanua Blake, he scored a 69, which is great. 59 minutes, which is a great area for him to target. But just without the tries, the drive's really drying up, so it's good to see him get back into that 60s number. So if you've got him, him again, hold. It's one of those things that they do have that buy, and you're probably holding a whole heap. I've got three. I've got Sean Johnson, Chans, and then also Torhu Harris. So it's one of those things that you might, you might consider trading two or maybe even three out, depending on your trade situation. Chans, again, was dangerous throughout, nearly 200 run meters. He's a first-class fullback, just in scintillating form, seven tackle breaks, and just combining beautifully both sides of the field. Torhu Harris got a little bit of a rest in this one, 68 minutes. He got 43. Did have a few demerits. So he had, what, eight eight points in demerits in this one. So a little bit of an unusual one for Tohu Harris. Great to see youngster Rocco Berry just really coming to age now. So I had a look at him, what, nearly two years ago. And, you know, he was really lighting it up in terms of, like, coming through the ranks at such a young age. But he has got more of a union background. So it was always going to take him a little bit of time to find his feet in the NRL. Certainly doing that. And really on that right edge, just really forming a great combination there with the likes of Sean Johnson and also DWZ there. Wade Egan, unfortunately, got another HIA check. So even though he's at a great price and scoring some when he does – but he's on for 80 minutes. He obviously is scoring some great points, but it's just that HIA history that just makes him just an avoid because trades are going to be really scarce coming down the track. So it's one of those things that you probably can't afford to waste a trade on Wade Egan, even for people that have maybe a straight swap with, you know, the likes of maybe a Jakey Turpin. Like realistically, Harry Grant's the guy that you want to move, you want to have moving forward. Now, Murata Nirakora opens up the door again for the likes of Josh Curran to maybe steal a spot. Bally Siren, Bailey Sirinan, sorry, is another interesting one, especially if you do need a cash down. Now, he's obviously in the team week to week. He got 32 minutes in this one. He's an edge, right? 238K. So it's one of those things that if you need a massive cash down in terms of like profiting out some some cash, he's definitely someone to target because at the end of the day, he's going to be playing each week. It's just one of those things that if you're just doing it for a cash down and and just to cover. So you're probably going to be looking at him maybe scoring 20 fantasy points. So if you can cop that and he's your 21st player, then for all means, just absolutely do that. Now, moving across the Dragons, and obviously we've got to attract this whole Ben Hunt thing. The, the sooner they get this over and done with, the better, especially for the team that can just move forward. For, uh, again, Jack DeBellin was a standout with 63 fantasy points, but he has attracted a lot of attention especially with some of his tack- tackling styles so he's on a th- uh, like I mentioned at the start of the show he could easily get suspended in this back end we've still got plenty of games and he loves to just attack the player's legs from the back which is causing a few issues as well apart from that I had Jack Bird that I brought back this week had 29 missed a few different tackles played pretty much the second half at center at left center because they lost Moses Sully at pretty much three minutes into the second half with a HIA. So, unfortunately, that did affect his score. Had some good touches. Was looking like an... Yeah, the first 10 minutes wasn't great for Jack Bird. He actually singled to the sidelines a couple of times as well. He didn't look free at all. But then, after about 20, he kind of got back to a little bit more of the Jack Bird of old. But I think it will take him a couple more weeks to kind of get back into the season. Apart from Jack DeBellin and Jack Bird, probably wouldn't be owning anyone else. Jaden Seward, no doubt, with the whole Ben Hunt thing, he's been affected. Plays on Hunt's edge, right, on the right. So there's no doubt that, yeah, 
I know that he's been hitting 50s for fun, but it might be a bit of a downstream now for Jaden Sewer. So if you're looking for a more of a kind of a cheaper edge, well, not cheaper, but a 600k edge, I'd probably be going getting away from Jaden Sewer. I think the only two trustworthy ones in this team at the moment. Other likes of Jack Bird and Jack DeBellin. So even the likes of, you know, if Ben Hunt does end up leaving to the Broncos or Titans mid-season in the next couple of weeks, even Jaden Sullivan, like, Jaden's hitting 48s, right? And it wasn't too bad. He's he's obviously got super talent. It's just whether you want to kind of a hold a player like Jaden Sullivan down the track. Let's just have a look if he's been... He's at 395. So again, not the worst kind of cash down. It's just you got to be careful. Probably waiting until at least Ben Hunt got the punt so at least they have their last buy in round 20 so if you need kind of like an 18th or 19th man maybe Jaden Sullivan might not be too bad one there to consider but just just track that for the moving forward now moving to the Saturday really entertaining love day games because the ball just gets spread and yeah they're just tacking footy all day the Eels 48 Dolphins 20 Eels that was probably the best half of football I've seen from them ever in terms of the first half, and then second half was probably one of the worst. So Dolphins obviously won the second half, but the Eels absolutely destroyed them in that first half, despite it being, uh, I think at one stage it was 6-all after the first kind of 15 minutes or so. But just having a look at the Dolphins first, Hammerslow pretty much carried them, despite backing up from Origin. Had 65 with two long-range tries. And Jermaine Osaka was really good, considering that he didn't have any tries in this one, and he missed a few goals that he probably would normally get. So he got a 51 in this one. So nice to see people. He's a bit of a pod for a lot of people. I know Paddy's got him. Now, the thing I worry about about the Dolphins is the fact that I think they can, I think the bubble's burst and they're going to be losing a lot of games. So that means the team's going to be changing from week to week. So it was good to see the likes of Valence Sofari got a 43 and then also Braden McGrady on debut got a 34. Scored a try. Also bombed a try when he should have just backed himself. But had some... Had some really good touches in there, so it'll be interesting just to see kind of if he can retain his spot moving forward. He played on the left, Valance played on the right. So obviously splitting two rookies up, but you know they've got lots of testing new and Brenko Lee also coming back into this team. So it'll be interesting to see whether Wayne Bennett goes for a bit of experience versus the rookies. It was unusual that he did actually drop testing new, and the other one that was pretty unusual was you know playing Isaiah Katoa pretty much at hooker. So between him, uh, Sean O'Sullivan came back and played halfback. But between him and also Nikarima, they both kind of just shared the duties. It was mostly a Katoa for the first half. Nikarima, back end of the game, pretty much played hooker there. But there's no doubt that they missed Jeremy Marshall King, who's been outstanding, to say the least. But I was surprised Ray Stone didn't actually play hooker, considering what he's done at Parramatta in the past and a couple of times off the interchange for the Dolphins as well. But yeah, Valence is an interesting one. I probably wouldn't be getting straight into there for this round. You could wait till round 19, especially if you want a round 19 number and you're looking for a bit of a cash down. It could be an easy one just to get a little bit of certainty around those trades. Now, the probably the biggest talking point out of the Dolphins was obviously Connie Lemelulu. Lemu Elu coming from the bench. Scored a 34 and 55. That did have a turnover in there as well. And he did look, you know, he looked lively coming from the bench. The only problem is we do need him to be an 80-minute player for him to have value to our team. So what I'm finding with Connolly, like, uh, at the, you know, I said that injury report at the start where he was grabbing his shoulder, grabbing his knee. I just think that these 30, 30 scoring from maybe playing from the bench, obviously this is going to be TLT dependent. He could easily be back into the starting lineup next week. But realistically, if they move forward with him, and even if they don't, he is kind of drawing just demerits and a lot of them. And then also he is kind of leaking cash 
And that's the problem, especially if you're kind of lining up for the for the run home. You're probably going to be struggling a little bit to realistically afford some other players. So it could cost you. I know that he is a round 19 player, so there's no urgency to rush him out. But between the next three weeks, he could easily drop, you know, close, he'll drop another 20, 25K. This one could be the same next week and the following. So you could be upwards of kind of 100K because they have a buy in round 21. So that's the time that you probably want to get him out of the team anyway. So you might want to bite the bullet. Maybe if you if you don't have great numbers for 19, hold him into there and then maybe punt him in that kind of round 20 period because you don't really want to be holding him any longer than you really do, I don't think. Now, turning to the Eels, they were absolutely brilliant. Mitch Moses with another scintillating performance, 82 after, you know, he didn't play bad at origin, but he played a little bit loose. So his last kind of month, 79, 73, 75, 82. So it'll be interesting if they stick with him for game three. If they stick with him for game three, well, he's just going to miss way too much footy to the back end of the season. The Eels have a bye next week, and they also have a bye in the final round as well. So that's the only unfortunate thing about holding Mitch Moses, but he, he's in career best form. Jermaine Hopgood, another try for another 70 in only 60 minutes, so they got to manage him a little bit, considering that they have, you know, they got a bye next week, and then round 19, obviously, he'll play 80 minutes again. Will Penasini is absolutely braining everyone and obviously he is a great purchase at the moment for what's his price at the moment two tries but he just looks like an absolute veteran out there 591k so he added another 10k so about 600k so a player of kind of his talent and also his you know his ability I see some great potential in there, and I think if you want to take a risk on... I know he's going to have a buy in that last round, but if you, your centres aren't looking good and you're looking for someone that is... You know, he's averaging 46 for the season and playing in a team on a roll. So that's the other thing that you've got to consider. Gutho's the other one, and he scored another two tries. He's gone on absolute tear lately in terms of try scoring, which is great to see because he had a solid start to the season, but there was always going to be a time when King Gutho kind of kicked on. He's had, what, six tries in the last three games. So scores of 71, 74, and 57. Pod territory, top 5,000, only 2% owner. So some really smart decisions there by a few people to get on him early and ride that one out. Now, their draw ahead, New Zealand, Gold Coast, Cows after that buy. So a few good a few good games there for them as well. But it's one of those things that they do have a buy next week. So I know that a lot of people are going to be holding him for around 19 players as well. So no need to be trading any of them out. Ryan Madison, he went back to his kind of mid position. He scored a 44 and 63. We recommended Brandon Hands as a great cash down this week. He got 71 minutes and a bit of news, obviously, from Parramatta yesterday was that Josh Hodson had neck surgery. So it's an interesting one because they didn't actually say how long he's going to be actually out for. But NRL physio, you know, you'd have to say if you're having neck surgery, that's, yeah, you're probably unlikely to be coming back anytime soon. So he said best case, six to eight weeks, probably looking more like three to four weeks. So he's cash down only, Brendan Hands. Like the advantage of having Brendan Hands in your team is you're not paying too much for him. So even though this week he was a negative break even at 308, He's going to make about 40K. He's going to be about 350K. Very affordable. He's got a hooker half. Only going to miss, what, next week, which you don't mind for a 350K player. He's going to be that 70, 80-minute hooker going forward. I think he'll range somewhere in that 30 to 45 moving forward. Weeks that you you kind of have a few players out, you don't mind playing him. And then most weeks, he's going to set as the probably 20th, 21st player. So, And again, 
you're not looking to trade him out again. I know that he's going to make some money over the next kind of 10 weeks, but realistically, he might be that guy that you just don't even have to worry about, especially with trades becoming limited. So I definitely would recommend that you do, when you are ready to cash down, especially if it is next, well, you don't have to do it next round, but maybe round 19, then Brendan Hands could be your man because I think he'll just continue to give you a little bit of safety on the bench. He really doesn't have any... Like, Rob, with Josh Hodgson out, his job security is just through the roof at the moment because Parramatta, they'll have to probably go to the 20s or something like that to get another hooker in or maybe Rankin or something like that. So they'll be experimenting with someone that just isn't a normal hooker like Brandon Hand. So I think his job security is very, very high. Now, Dejan Arzi, he played another good game for a 52 and 80 minutes. So he's been great since he came into first grade. So it'll be interesting. I think Dylan Brown may have his court case maybe either this week or next. So obviously that will determine Arzi's team. Arzi's place in the team wouldn't suspect, wouldn't surprise me if he does you know nab that utility bench role or maybe the 18th man moving forward because he is very very valuable now Andrew Davy owners I think he's he's got a really good try running off Hopgood he scored a 41 in 54 minutes but realistically with Cardi on fire at the moment again I do think that probably the guy to make way might be Davy back to the bench with Lane because we know that Lane is you know one of the best edges in the game so there's no doubt he'll get his spot back but there's no need to rush him as well so that's probably another thing which is in BA's favour Loving the rotation there. They're not really overplaying Regan Campbell-Gillard as well. And Joe O's, I know he only got 23 minutes in that one, but it was a real quality 23 minutes. So they've got a stack of mid-depth after struggling early in the season. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. They've got the Warriors in round 19, so that should be a cracker despite a few players being out there for the Eels. Now, the last Saturday game was... Sorry, the second Saturday game was Panthers versus Knights, which was an entertaining game considering it was, was majority half of you know, the Panthers' New South Wales Cup. They not only had Cleary out, but the five Origin players all rested. So they were getting a huge amount of confidence given that the, it was pretty close to the Knights' full-strength theme. So... Turning the Knights first, Frizzell knocked out a nice little 57, 80 minutes coming back from origin. Jackson Hastings looks like he was had another broken leg at one stage, but he returned and it knocked out a 47, had a nice try assist in this one, didn't actually get scored, but he set more, was more try create, sorry. Real luck with the work from Dylan Lucas, so he got a 46 in 80 minutes. Now, he's a high-risk cash down because of the fact that Lockman Fitzgibbon was out for this one, but he got through his tackles, 47 in this one, four misses, but he does look like... You know, there was a few, a little bit of concern about his size, but he looks pretty much the same size as Bradman Best, and Bradman Best is an absolute beast. So it'll be interesting to see if they persist with him, given that he is kind of the young gun coming through the ranks. Lachlan Fitzgibbon, he's been a little bit off over this last month or so, so wouldn't surprise me if he is maybe relegated to the bench. But just stay tuned. He could be a nice little cash down. Currently only a centre, but it's always great when you've got someone in the second row getting 80 minutes. They can also, he's only 300k at the moment as well, but he will add a stack of cash because he had a negative break even as well. From memory, it was negative 10, which it was. So he's going to add close to 60k. So he's going to be 360k. So you want a little bit more certainty, especially when you consider you can get hands and hands has pretty much got that job security week to week. Really disappointing performance from Kalen Ponger in this one. Just wasn't really there. Had eight missed tackles. That probably comes to the fact that, you know, the Panthers were just cutting him up and the defense was in ribbons for the Knights. That's 17, including a try as well, which was a little bit dubious because I did think it was a forward pass from Dominic Young as well. But one of those things that Callum Pong has been brilliant since he moved back to fullback, there's always going to be a case where, especially with a, a game where they get absolutely dominated up the, up the guts, that, you know, he does come back to the pack a touch. Now, Adam Elliott, he's been super disappointed this year. Another 33 and 67, had 12 missed tackles in this one. 
So it just, yeah, it's just really unusual. It's flying out of the line just like a madman at times as well. So it's one of those things that I think if you're a holder of Adam Elliott, it could be one of those things that you sell now into the back end of the year. I know that a lot of people brought him for 13 and 16, but realistically, he's not performing the stats that he did from last year. So I think it's one of those things that you kind of move on. Bradman Best, he only got a 26 in this one, so a little bit more disappointing. I did think that both himself, Mazu got a 45, but most of it was in base. And no doubt that Ponga got restricted down the left side. Panthers did an excellent job on them, so... So it was good to see. Now, Jack Cogger, he was looking like an absolute veteran. So he got scored another 70. They haven't missed a beat since the chin's been away. So it's one of those things that I think the clock is unfortunately running too late to actually pick him up because he's averaging 56 in one of the best, well, the best team in the NRL. Tungo, he, he switched over to the right center to accommodate Peachy on the left with Critter out, and he just absolutely blitzed them. Both centers did. Peachy scoring a 72, Tungo a 61, two tries for the Peach. Dylan Edwards continues to just knock out good scores. 56, 200 run metres, a great individual try on this one as well. One of those things that he is coming back to a nice price as well for the run home. So if you want to spend on, yeah, like, Considering that he's at 658k, he actually lost money in this game. So, uh, Dream Bull is at 598k, Dylan Edwards at 658k. I know who I'd rather own moving forward. So, unfortunately, you know, Buller does play the next two games, while Dylan only plays the next one. But, kind of come round 20, if Buller doesn't produce, he could be one of your first trade out, because I think Dylan Edwards... Averaging 52.5, set and forget. We know what the Panthers are going to be like on the run home. They're going to be absolutely blitzing it. So if you want kind of just that security, if you've got 60K in the bank and you're kind of looking for someone that you think that, you know, is going to produce moving forward, then I think maybe Dylan Edwards could be your guy there because, yeah, absolutely, he's just a player. And I love seeing that. Now, Zach Kosky, he came in late with the withdrawal of Liam Martin. Liam Martin's actually in a really good price at 500k. So not too bad that the fact that he didn't play because of the fact maybe in the back end of the season, if he can produce what he's kind of done at Origin at the start of the year, he could definitely be someone to look at, especially as a cheaper edge that could fill a bench spot there. So just keep an eye on that one. James Fisher-Harris, he's doing some great things at the moment. I had a chat to Brenton about this on our normal group chat, and I think we, we've both got him, and I think we're both in the position now that he probably will be our 18th man moving forward. So he scored a 49-52, and 52, some great runs, 139 metres, five tackle breaks. I love his second stint. Like, he just comes on with just a burst of energy and just absolutely kills everyone. So no doubt one of the best props in the world. So I think he's a great 18th man if you're currently holding him I don't think there's any need to actually be getting him out anytime soon 10% of the top 100 own him so some good minds within that top 100 there's no doubt about that one apart from that maybe Sanua Sanua Cheruva yeah he scored another 20 so he's been a little bit disappointing of late there's no doubt that they're missing a few players in saying that, he scored 61 in his last game. But before that, it was kind of 30s and 40s. So no need to be trading him out anytime soon. But in the back end, you probably don't want to be holding anyone like a Truva. Apart from that, not a lot more to talk about. Scott Sorensen scored another handy 58 and 80. So it just looks like he's got that left edge just permanently locked. Just looks like an absolute... He played some really good footy there for Sharks back in the day when he first debuted as well. So there's no real surprise to see him thriving despite him playing up the guts for the last kind of three years or so ever since he joined Penrith in that last year at the Cronulla Sharks as well. So he could... I think he is actually a keeper moving forward considering his quality, his work rate, and just his scores at the moment. I think that does back it up that you probably want to be nearly holding Scotty Sorensen just for his versatility. Just pop him on the bench and he can cover both mid and edge. Last three games, 67, 47, and 58. So 
doing some really, really nice things. So hold steady on Scotty Sorensen. Now, turning to the last game on the Saturday, the Storm 24, the Eagles 6. Eagles did really well in the first half, and majority of the second half too was 10-6 until my big man, Nelson. So I've been holding Nelson. This point me last week, but snap back. He was just on from the start. 71 in 75 minutes, 158 metres gain. He had an offload in this one, six tackle breaks, a beautiful try. Just running a beautiful hole there. So it was good to see, just good to see him just absolutely thrive in this one. <laughs> so good to see Big Nelson. Like I said at the Tuesday pod, always good to hold at Nelson. Now, Jerome Hughes, he absolutely killed it. And I guess probably more in a draft sense that people, every time that Munster doesn't play, I, I do think that he outperforms. He just steps up. But I really love... Jonah Pezzett as well. He set up a couple tries in this one. Got a 28 in 80. But he's one of those ones. Just put him on the, the watch list for the future. He does miss a few tackles being a smaller fella. But I think that will improve as the kind of years go on. Obviously, more of a halfback as well. But Jonah Pezzett, he's, he's had some really, really good touches in this one. I'll be surprised if he doesn't leave eventually. Because it's one of those things that he's just too super talented to be playing in as a backup Week in, week out. Still only 20 years old. Just looking at, he's played three games in Q Cup this year, averaging 40. Has a handy kicking game as well. So someone to keep an eye on there. Nick Meaney, a little bit back to the pack. His goal king's been off a touch to, uh, for the start of the uh, last couple of weeks at least. So 37 this one. Did kind of get an early spell. Kind of took a knock late. Himself, Harry Grant and Nelson all got a little bit of a spell towards the back end of the game. I don't think there's any serious concerns. They've got a big game this coming up against Penrith this week as well. So no doubt that they're probably just kind of managing them given they've got a bigger game ahead. Apart from that, good to see Walshy back to form. He played bigger minutes than this one. He played 68 and got 62 out there. So starting to return some of his best form. Xavier Coates got a couple of crackers in this one. Some of the, the some of the body positioning they put themselves under. Just amazing. But scored 56 in 80 minutes. No need to be buying anywhere near any of these players. If you were just holding Trent Liero for a number, it definitely is time to sell him. It's one of those things that sometimes we just need numbers, but 552k, he had a break even at 62, loses 30k in this one. He's just kind of gone off the boil just a little bit. No doubt that every time Munster doesn't play that he gets a little bit affected in this one as well. Harry Grant got a 47 in 75, which is pretty good considering that he's backing up from Origin. I'm sure that would have been out on the drink all Wednesday night, so it would have been a bit of a recovery and probably only got through captain's run really. He had six mixed tackles, but he's the quality guy moving forward. So he's definitely someone in my sights. Probably will be trading the Tarpany to him in round 20, but we'll see kind of how everyone kind of fares out of origin. Had a 47 break even, got 47 points, doesn't move, 758k, a beautiful buy. Hopefully he just hits his break even and he's at that price again because that's an absolute steal for someone like Harry Grant. Now, moving over to the Manly, it's going to be interesting, Ruben Garrick. We've had some really good group chat within the Talking League boys around Ruben Garrick and that possibility of him potentially getting that duel because if he does get that duel, he does set himself up as pretty much what he might be the best wing full, uh, wing fullback slash centre that's going to finish the season. Got a 68 in this one playing fullback. So he played two games at centre in a row, round 15 and 16, and also played one in round nine. So he does have a case to get brought. It's just I know that there was a golden rule back in the past of having to play three consecutive games at a position, but of course they've never publicly said this, so they do have discretion. So hopefully they do make the discretion, add him wing centre, uh, sorry, wing fullback centre, and I think that would be very, very handy. He's at 647k, would add a couple of bucks in this one. His break-even was 42, so add another, what, 20, 
20k or so. So still in a very, very good range. Again, he's going to be playing fullback. No side of Tommy Turbo as well. So I think he would be, uh, yeah, someone to definitely look at for the run home once they pass that round. 19 by Hamole. He, for owners, it was good because he got some junkyard some junkyard points because he broke about four tackles and then had a forced dropout as well, coming with a beautiful grubber kick. So he was struggling for a little bit despite a try in the first half. But yeah, he's an interesting price as well. It's just one of those things that, for me, I think Fafita, Nikara, and IPAP are your best three, and they're the three I'm lining up. But I can see a case for Hamole as well. So again... I know that he doesn't. He has a really good average without turbo as well. So that's some interesting. Let me just pull up his with and without turbo stats. Let's see if we can do it simply. 2022 with and without turbo. We just do that one. So with turbo, he averaged 42 last year. Without turbo, he averaged 55. I think it was Marky from Fantasy Amateurs that might have put that up as well. So shout out to Marky. I'm pretty sure that I got that idea from him. Now, Josh Shusto, absolutely, I don't think I'm more disappointed in a player because why I'm disappointed is he's just got skills coming through the roof, but he just never uses it. He's lazy, seven missed tackles. At times, just doesn't look interested. And yeah, I just don't get it with Josh Shuster, especially when he wants this big fat contract. 422K, he loses another 10K, so drops close to that 400K. He could maybe consider him for a cash down if he gets anywhere in that low 300s. But for me, Josh Schuster is just a bit of a massive avoid because he just yeah he just doesn't get it going in terms of a fantasy sense. Just just loves his no-look passes and just silly things out there. Now, DCE is an interesting one. No doubt he's going to be carrying the team. Got a bit of a spell there. No doubt he had a huge game at Origin too, and he loses 40K. So he'll be going to be low 700s. Given that Turbo is now out, it's, he's the centerpiece, right? So... Posts origin, if he's at that high 600Ks, he could be someone that you should seriously consider because we know his value and you know we know what he's going to bring in, in the back end of the season and they're going to be really needing him moving forward. They've got the Sydney Roosters next week, then into a bye, Cows, Sharks, Dragons. So not a too bad draw. Obviously, the Sharks and Cowboys aren't easy games, but the Dragons could be the spot that you buy. Last three games hasn't been great for DCE, 36, 48, and 38 considering all the numbers that we have seen. He's got two 90s in there this year as well. So if you're looking maybe not to spend, overspend in that half area, maybe DCE could be the guy that you could be considering, considering his importance to the Manly Seagulls week in, week out. So apart from that, not a lot more. Well, I thought Woodsy was actually pretty good for his 54 minutes for 41 fantasy points. He actually did stand up earlier in the game. But apart from that, I wouldn't be going anywhere near anyone else, even like, yeah, that guy with that Fiago guy is kind of weird. Doesn't really have a neck, so he is a bit of a laugh having when he's running. But he he runs with vigor, so I don't mind Fiago. So good on him. Look at him. Yeah, what an absolute weapon. Be interesting to see if if Lockman Croak is okay. I think he might have copped either a HIO again that shoulder injury. We had Carl Orden filling in there. Got an eighteen and twenty Carl Orden as well. So obviously Lorden's at basement price. So again. If there's any injury to Croker, just keep that on the radar because he's also maybe not too bad cash down if Croker is out for any extended period of time. But apart from that, wouldn't be going anywhere near any other Manly Seagulls. Turning the Sunday games now, the Titans 18 pulling the 
Broncos pants down in 12. Good win by the Titans, considering that Tino didn't back up from Origin. Broncos just weren't there. Treated them with a little bit of disrespect. Had plenty of chances, just did not execute on the day. Reverse for the Titans. Even the Titans, they had about three tries disallowed as well. So this score could have been a lot higher. There was one try for... I just turned away from it for a sec for a kick from Tanner Boyd, and unfortunately that one got ruled a no try. So just having a look at both teams, Carrigan was a standout despite only 51 minutes. Both him and Haas got managed. 51 minutes for Carrigan, only 46 there for Payne Haas. Farnworth took a knock early, so it was good to see him bounce back with a 54. Apart from that, Cobo got beaten a few times there by Camperera. So it was interesting to see him get stood up pretty easily there. Must be a little bit tired from the... The old celebrating that the Maroons did on Wednesday night. But Walshy, he was on another planet. That seven could easily have been 60, but he bombed a couple of tries and he got pretty angry with the ref. Could easily be cited tomorrow considering that he did C-bomb the ref as well. So he did get a seven. No need to panic on him as, at, at all. But it's one of those things that no doubt that he was carrying a bit of a hangover from the other night. be interesting to see kind of where the whole Ben Hunt thing ends up tomorrow. The, Pan- the Broncos are favourites to kind of land him for a year before he heads over to the Titans, possibly. So here we go. Two destinations for Ben Hunt all in one game. So apart from that, wouldn't be looking at too much more there. Tyson Smoothie got a 24-30, and 30, but with Ben Hunt coming on along the way, looks like Billy Walters has probably pushed back to the bench and kind of see what happens from there. But not too much more to report in terms of... The Broncos, looking at the Titans, unfortunately, David Feeder. David Feeder today was killing us, right? We thought backing up from origin, he wouldn't play that many minutes. But unfortunately, today, he played the full thing. So he got 74, still loses 22K. So around that 860K mark, obviously, his break-even will shrink a lot more back to normal levels. He'll, miss, he'll play next week and then miss round 19, of course, being an origin player, but yeah, plenty to like there for feet. I think he's a must-have for the run home. I don't love that word, but definitely for him he definitely is. AJ Brimson, he scored a 34 and 80. Be interesting to see whether Billy Slater does take him into Origin 3. Had a few opportunities in this one. 173 metres gained and seven tackle breaks. Did miss two tackles and three errors, so that 34 could easily have been a mid-40s without a try, so always good from AJ, one of the most attacking fullbacks in the competition, so I am very, very high on him, so we'll just kind of see where that plays out. If he's there for round 19, then I do think that I will pick him up and pretty much hold him into the end of the season, given that he's dual status. We do need to keep a radar on Tanner Boyd. He did have five missed tackles, had 34 in this one in terms of fantasy points. So still getting them around the park relatively nicely, but kind of with a new coach coming in, we just don't know where that whole halves situation sits. Given that he is kind of around the same price as Cookie, it might make sense to maybe trade him to Cookie for the run home. I guess maybe Cook with the track record has a lot... Yeah, it's just one of those things. But the, the Titans continue to compete, right? They're right in... I didn't realise that they're how close they are to the top eight, so... They'll continue to compete, but just be on the radar for that one. Apart from that, Aaron Clark got a few extra minutes in this one with no Tino, 41, but still no need to go near him unless he gets anywhere near kind of that 50-minute mark. He could be a nice little cashy down. Mo, Mo Fodawake has scored a 46 and 70 minutes. No doubt that he picked up the slack with no Tino. Brian Kelly showing his a great, a great try there off for feeder. He scored a 50 in 80 minutes, but again, no need to be going anywhere near him. Apart from that, wouldn't be going anywhere near anyone else from there, from the Titans. I think Fafita and AJ Brimson are your two standouts there. Now, moving over to the Rabbitohs and Cowboys. Rabbitohs, 
Another team that just looked, they just lacked energy from the kickoff, and the Cowboys jumped them, pulled their pants down, as did the Titans with the, the Cows. Scotty Drinkwater was brilliant. Three try assists in this one. It was just everywhere. I just loved the way he trusted the ball. You know, we had a chat during on Tuesday show about whether he will be a seasonal keeper. I've got no real, <clears throat> excuse me, got no real reason to actually trade him out when you think he's just scoring some really high scores for fun. So have a look. He's last five, what, six, five games, 57-75, 49-57-77. And he's just, in that period of time, he's got that 10 try assists in five games. He scored three tries. He's ranging between 131 and 231 metres gained, and he's obviously got a nice little left foot kicking game as well. High owner, but I think you definitely need to be on the Scotty Drinkwater train because... He is an outstanding player at the moment. Now, Jeremiah Nano, Valentine Holmes backed up brilliantly from Origin. A 61 for Holmes, a 58 for Nano. So they're definitely heading in the right direction. No doubt that Reese Robson playing 80 minutes on Wednesday really did hurt him there. Had a few missed tackles in this one, but still couldn't really get his running game going. He got a 38 in 67 minutes. Caught up 33 in 58 minutes. So continues to shrink in price. No doubt that he will be important towards the back end of the season. So. Just came in at 654k, loses another 23k, will be low 600. So keep an eye on him because we know the quality of what Ruben Cotter can bring, especially if he does kind of play that 60 minutes plus. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where that lines up. He did kind of come from the interchange today. So no doubt post-origin that might change. And if you want a kind of like a cheaper mid, he might be the go, the go despite them having one more buy post that origin break as well. They've also got one in round 19. Apart from that, Jake Granville came back to the pack a little bit in this one. Didn't do a hell of a lot of defense, which he normally does. 23 in 41 minutes. Just hold him until after the origin break. Once that kind of finishes, then I guess you can you can just get rid of him. Made some nice cash, a nice little number, but no real reason to hold him any past that, that origin break. Apart from that, any other players that you probably want to pick up? Probably not. So we had Fenifuaki. He went back to the bench today. Only got 12 minutes. They end up starting with Nanai. I didn't think that he would back up, but he did. Going to the Rabbitohs now, they are ultra disappointing, but one player that did stand out was Cameron Murray. He scored a 62 and 64 minutes. So back to being the normal muzz of old. Did carry him a little bit in the middle there. Still loses 10K, so he's at, what, 656-ish, 57K. So definitely someone that should be on your radar. Cookie, unfortunately, didn't play 80 minutes. Only got 53 in this one. They did carry Peter Mamazoulis in the second half, so he got a bit of a spell at the time. They weren't really doing anything, weren't really in the game, so there's no doubt that he got a bit of a rest. Unfortunately, we did see Jed Cartwright interchange back to the interchange just before... a. Uh, well, an hour out before the game, and they started with Jacob Host. So that cashy didn't work out. You would have had to reverse your trade, so always stay on the radar for there. Cody Walker was pretty disappointed, had five missed tackles, three errors in this one, so just could not get going with that quad injury. So stay away from him. Keo McCollumatungi as well, got a 47 and 80 minutes. I do expect him and Campbell Graham probably be there and thereabouts for Origin 3. So it'll be interesting just to see where that kind of lies, but wouldn't be touching anyone else there from the Rabbitohs. I think Cookie and Murray are year two for the run home. That is for sure. Now moving to the last game, and the Raiders, 20, defeated the Roosters, 18. The Raiders did dominate for most of this game. Roosters got themselves back in the game in the second half on the back of a couple of beautiful tries, one before half time and then one into the second half to Joey Manu. So he got a 55, a couple of individual tries there. Apart from that, 
Luke, uh, sorry, Jakey Turpin, he got a 46 in 62 minutes. Looked to pick up a rib injury there. So track that one. I do think he might be a trading kind of round 19 mark. So continue to make money. Hopefully, again, he'll have a very low break even. Make a little bit more money before you can trade him out for potentially a wing fullback, or you could even hold him there and trade him out to someone in that round 2021 mark. Now, Sanders Smith, he continues to make some great money. Got another 44. Directed the team not too bad, as rookies do. They do miss tackles. Five missed tackles in this one, a couple of errors. So still plenty of room for improvement there from Sandon Smith. Tedesco, he is an, yeah, it's one of those interesting ones. He's got a 19. Now he tried hard, 196 metres, just couldn't get going. Got outlapped a couple of times by a couple of forwards as well. Had four errors. He had one missed tackle. Yeah, just like I said, just could not get going. Had zero tackle breaks in this one. Zero tackle, uh, tacking stats. So... He's lucky he had a turnover of everything. So that 19 was pretty lucky in the end. So looking at Teddy now, so he started at 659K, break even of 30, loses 10K, under 650K, plays next week, and then goes into a buy round as well. So you can pretty much reassess that. I wouldn't be looking at Teddy until maybe that Warriors buy. I think he's around 22 from memory or 23. And then maybe if you've got chance, you can trade him out. But don't need to be going rushing into him. Now, Angus Crichton, he did start in the second row. Only got 41 minutes. Went off precautionary there. I'm not sure what it was. But he only got an 18. Egan Butcher, the same thing. He got a HIA. Went off 51 minutes in. He only got an 18 there as well. Billy Smith got a 32. If you're holding him, you could probably look at trading him out in the next couple of weeks. Apart from that, wouldn't be going anywhere near the likes of Victor Radley. He looks like he's just a suspension again in the making. He was doing some really silly things out there. Gave the ref a couple of gobfuls that I don't think that he should have been. Now, look at the Raiders. Corey Horsburgh, he'll be close to nearly the best mid in fantasy right now. Just for fun. 85, 69 minutes. Be interesting to see if Billy Slater gives him his debut in Game 3. Definitely deserves it. Looking at his scores over the last, what, five weeks. 59, 78. 46, 66, 85. Absolute gun. A lot of people in the top 100 do hone him for 85% actually. So just gets minutes every single week and just continues to just have fun out there. Now, Joseph Tarpany, he got 51 and 51 minutes. Had three offloads actually in this one, which was quite surprising. Didn't do much defense. Only had 22 tackles, a little bit under. But good to see some of these attacking stats come back to his game. Just properly, I'm not sure what happened to him, whether it was a hamstring or maybe a quad injury there. Only got through the first 10 minutes before hobbling off there, which made Tom Starling and Zach Wolford both both shared some more minutes. No need to be going anywhere near either of those two. Good to see Jack Wadden hit a bit more form. He had a 68 and 81 minutes. Has had a really bad fantasy season this year compared to other seasons, not really hitting the numbers that he he had in previous years. He's at 455k, so not the not the worst cash down in the world, especially when you consider his quality, and they will be kind of relying on Jack Wyden moving forward. So he's pretty much bottom there because he actually makes 20k now. So be interesting just to track him moving forward because he's got a little bit of quality. I wouldn't probably be going anywhere near him unless you've got a lot of trades. But like I said, if you're cashing down someone majorly and you need to cash in a couple hundred grand, Maybe someone that you can consider, but definitely do a little bit more homework into that one because I definitely do think you need to three-date him, but I do think that he's very close to a bottom. Good to see Tomoko also bounce back. He had a try but had a 42 there. Croaks as well with a 45. Hudson Young with a nice little 48 backing up from Origin. Jamal Fogarty continues to have a consistent year with a 62. Apart from that, not a lot to, to, to be going there. One guy that you probably want to keep an eye on is Nick Kotrick because... 
the thing with Kotrick is he's playing off the interchange bench, waiting for an opportunity. But kind of in the back end of the year, if there is an injury or anything like that, he could be the first man in. Now, he scored a one today, so he had a break even of 37. He's at 262K, so he literally, what, loses 30K back to 230K, pretty much bottoms. So like I said, he's not a guy that you want to be playing week to week, but he's a dual player. So apart from uh, the round 20 buy, post that, you know, you don't know what's going to be happening with injuries. So if he does end up with a spot back into the bench, he's probably someone to keep an eye on if you are looking to cash down. He, you know, it's one of those things that he probably won't score anything more than, so he'll probably range in that if he did start again somewhere between that 30 and 40 mark. But just someone to be aware of just in case injuries do happen and you're looking for a cash down because we know he's an origin player from the past. Has some decent tackle breaks and, you know, base stats. So not the worst person to be picking up somewhere in that kind of low 200s as well. But apart from that, nothing else to look at from the Raiders. And, yeah, I guess uh, we ride them into kind of round 18, 19 before. Just be careful with your numbers because, of course, they have a round 20 buy. Just before we go, Seb Chris, just want to have a little look at him. He has some interesting touches. So I still don't think he's a fullback, but he's not the worst player in the, the world to be owning. So again, someone else that you could ca- consider cashing down to, 337K. Looks like Sticky absolutely loves him. Again, not a guy that you'd be playing from week to week. But again, if you're cashing down, it's a number. Could be worse players to be actually cashing down to. So he'll be around 320K. Again, starting fullback at a top eight team. So... Not the worst guy to be considering for the run home. So stay tuned on that one. All right, guys, that was to- uh, TK's playbook for this week. We'll be back next week on Tuesday with the TLT show. Wacky Wednesdays will be back on Wednesday. Jason the boys will be back on Thursday. But really enjoyed bringing you this episode. Just remember, getting the game day squad, plenty of cash prizes to finish the year, and James App as well. So looking forward to meeting all the punters that have won tickets over the last four weeks. All right, guys, that was TK's Playbook. Have a great week, and we'll check you Tuesday.